Hello DC Comics News fans, this is The Spinner Rack. I'm your host, Seth Singleton, and you have arrived at the DC Comics News show that takes a look at all the books published by DC Comics this week, and then I pick my top five. It's kind of like when I was a kid, and you would go to that spinner rack full of comics, and there was always a limit to how many you could get. Well, for the purpose of this show... I put myself on a similar budget. I only have five books that I can pick that are published by DC Comics, and I only get to pick five each and every week. No more, and never less. Again, this is episode number 69. We've got a great collection of books I'm happy to share with you. And without any long-winded introduction let us simply begin with dark knight's death metal guidebook number one. First great original cover great variant cover a lot of excitement available in this story simply for the fact that you get a chance to learn just what it is that happened how it is that everything that we've seen in death metal so far has come to pass And what is it, now that we know that, that can be done? It's not an easy story to tell. Which is why when this book opens with The Fall of Earth, we have the collaboration of Scott Snyder, James Tynan IV, Joshua Williamson on that story. Three great writers, three very impressive imaginations, pulling this all together for his great pencils by Doug Mankey, Inks by uh, Jaime Mendoza, colors by David Barron, letters by Tom Napolitano. There's a slew of other stories in here. Harley Quinn in The Queen of the Desert. It really gives you a, a greater sense of love, or it did for me, regarding hyenas. You'll have to read more, though, to understand why. Aquaman in the Umibozu. This is a really interesting story. I highly encourage. It It not only paints a perspective of what Aquaman is doing now that he and the other heroes, well, based on what you learn from this, are managing in their way of trying to keep as many people alive as possible. Wonder Woman in Seeds of Hope. This was one that actually, it, it <laughs> to continue the, you know, analogy made by or the metaphor from this title you have a seed planted that can probably come out in later stories and it would be a lot of fun to see what that looks like and that's actually been one of my favorite things about these different books Uh, they don't feel like they're just standalone stories there are plenty of standalone stories but there are plenty of elements that are introduced that are going to be important and crucial to the later development, which I feel if you're going to have a a crossover that's going to have so many pieces, so many issues like this one does, that's a really important thing to keep in mind. I think it's valuable for readers. I think it keeps in mind the importance of what fans are thinking about when they try to collect all the issues in a series and they want to understand how relevant they really are. And it shouldn't just be something that touches the characters. It should be something that brings the characters, their stories, their actions into the bigger narrative. That's where crossover really works. And then we see more in uh, Batman and Dragonlance with uh, 
a great uh, a great exchange between Batman and a legendary gunslinger with a fairly recognizable face. All of these stories have a great combination. I, I love the original cover that introduces this book by Yasmin Putri. Uh, I love the variant cover by Terry and Rachel Donaldson. Um, <laughs> there's some really great stuff in here. And what I, I think I love the most is having this guidebook, this source book, as a place of understanding, a reference to sort of go back to. Because when you first start out with death metal, it's like they just throw you right in. And no complaints. There's nothing more exciting than a story that essentially picks you up, tosses you around and says, okay, here we go. And death metal has been doing a great job of that. There's simply a plan in place, a world that exists the way it currently is, which is hellish, and which the heroes are now trying to overcome. But understanding what they're up against and what they have to do in order to accomplish it, that's where this guidebook really comes in handy. And I love the fact that I really can see a lot of Scott Snyder's vision with this project. It doesn't just feel like death metal is a money-making scheme or a greater extension of uh, metal just with more fun stories to tell. He said something great in the interview with the DC Weekly Podcast Group, and I highly encourage you to check it out. But he mentions this idea about creating your own mythology. There has to be a beginning and an end to these characters. And I think that's a really smart idea that we're seeing him execute with them now. And man, there, there feels like there are so many great elements that I'm recognizing from other titles. Uh, ones that I've really had a chance to enjoy, stuff like Last Night on Earth, that, that bring so much of that mythology into the current death metal. Highly encourage you to check out the guidebook. It's my five out of five first choice for this week and this episode. Great thing about getting the first one done, it's time to move into number two. For my second choice, I'm looking at Wonder Woman Dead Earth number four, the finale of this wonderful limited series from the Black Label. A great story and art by Daniel Warren Johnson, beautiful colors by Mike Spicer, letters by Russ Wooten, and original and varying covers Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer, respectively. I I put this one on my poll when I first heard about it. I've loved reading these books. Um, it's really been a great story. And one of the things I was really intrigued by after reading both this and the guidebook is they both reference the idea that the problems that currently exist have a root in Diana, that Wonder Woman has lost something. And in Wonder Woman Dead Earth, it appears to be something that she needed to have restored. And it was almost like a physical property. When you read the book, this will make more sense. But I can only introduce it this way without spoiling it. And who wants spoilers, right? Have the fun, enjoy the experience, and then let me know what you think about what I didn't tell you. But once you've discovered it for yourself, what does that mean? And was I right? What do you think? Stay tuned to the end for all the ways to, you know, give me your feedback. But looking back at this idea, I'm really, in, I'm really impressed. And I'm really now really 
thinking a lot about the fact that not only is this in Wonder Woman Dead Earth, but also in the guidebook, there's a reference in one of the stories to something that Diana has forgotten, but that if she has it, it can make all the difference. So now I'm looking at both of those possibilities, knowing that these are two different writers on two different plans, but they're also showing us two different futures and the reasons in the, the processes that led us there. And yet in both of them, the key appears to be at least during the reading of these two books, Diana, and something that she no longer has, but that she can regain. And if she does, wow, we could really have some uh, interesting developments in store for the future. Looking at this book and its glimpse at the future, man, it doesn't look good for anybody. I mean, it just looks so bad. Uh, it's a really tough looking cover. <laughs> We've come to understand that the Amazons have been bound with hydra-like characters. They've been cursed by humanity. They've been bonded. And that Wonder Woman took out perhaps Earth's greatest defender. The moment she lost control of her powers. And she did something she hoped would never be possible. We see Wonder Woman now doing her best to recover. She's got a little bit of help from an old friend. And she's got an opportunity to win back the, the faith, the support, and the ability to lead these survivors who she has been a mystery to as she has tried to uncover what it was that led to this dead earth and how she can try to do something to restore it. What happens next is a great battle. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I mean, just these giant double-page spreads. And in one of those Black Label books, you know, it's just huge. I can already picture it uh, when I get my physical copies when they come in. Uh, full disclosure, I'm looking at an advanced digital, which is okay, but I kind of miss having the, the full view all at once. Even so, ragged, just gorgeous colors, lines, facial expressions, the, the, the depth and weight and savagery of wars is really, really impressively displayed. And it's, it's heart-wrenching to see these twisted versions of the Amazons that are being destroyed. But there's also the faith, the hope behind what is happening and why. And in that moment, we get to see a character find out the responsibility of the survivors when it comes to how they can either help Wonder Woman or not and decide if her actions up to this point make her worthy of that help. Very compelling decision. You probably have an idea where you think it's going. That's the best part. And yet a great story gives it just enough twist that there's what you want and then there's what happens. And the blessing is, it's usually better than anything you could have imagined. That's Wonder Woman Dead Earth number four, my second choice, and a great five out of five. The planes are roaring by. We're going to take a quick ad break. When we're done, we'll come back with my third, fourth, and fifth choices. Thanks for your patience. Talk to you in a moment. Hi, everyone. I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. 
Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) No. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the Knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton. And I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and battle me, Nards. I definitely do not f*** that. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. (laughs) Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers. And just like that, we are back. Commercials over. Comics continuing. Our third choice for this week's episode of The Spinner Rack is Wonder Woman Annual Number 4, Amazing Amazons, written by Steve Orlando, with art by Jack Herbert, colors by Gabe Eltabe, letters by Pat Rousseau, with covers by Brian Hitch and Alex Sinclair. Man, this has all the makings of... A classic book that I highly encourage anyone to add to their collection. Wonder Woman fan or not, it's just a great story. Something that's really going to be, I think, important for future stories when it comes to Wonder Woman, DC Comics. 
there, there's a lot of material that's unearthed here. Not only do we get a chance to check out the Amazon embassy and its new presence in man's world, but we see how the Amazons are actually taking their role in this world seriously. And the waking floor, the, uh, I'm sorry, the viewing floor that is wakened and the discovery of a city that had been hidden and now is revealed due to some very powerful magic and the work of the dark fates. This sets up a huge conflict. And unfortunately, because she carries the lasso of truth, only Diana can intercede, can step inside. And her discovery is one of nightmares. Going into greater detail might pull at too many threads of this story, which I think you should enjoy for yourself. But I will say that what's discovered inside is only one element. The next part, what really sticks with me, is that this city was hidden, and it has a very strong history that connects to that of the Amazons. There might be a third tribe. To confirm this, you're going to want to read this story, and when you do, you're going to love all of the great storytelling from Orlando, the wonderful pencils, the gorgeous colors, the sort of dreamlike quality, which I'm going to be honest, it's hard to recreate a world that looks like ours, subtly is different, and is consistent all the way through. What you get in this book is that wonderful combination of understanding, effort, and uh, application. The result is a gift for readers, a great story, uh, a lot of beautiful art, a wonderful reminder of all the reasons why Diana is just such an amazing hero, and how it is that she continues to show us that there is more than one way forward when you're willing to fight, when you're willing to stand, and when you know that you've got others at your back. Probably one of the biggest components in this story. I really loved everything that this annual had to offer, and it made me smile to think that I would have Wonder Woman Dead Earth as part of a intro to this episode, focusing on two dark versions of the future, only to come away from the break into a potentially dark present. I mean, dark fates, dark, yeah. And then to have the light of Wonder Woman showing us just how it is that right now she's still that person who has all those qualities she needs, can do everything that she is trying to, and isn't missing any of those pieces. I also look forward to what this new piece can add to the mythology of the Amazons and their growing understanding of their history and the history of a sisterhood that continues to expand. This one is one worth adding to your list and expanding because, wow, really great stories, great art, a lot to love here. Which brings us, after this 5 out of 5 book, to my fourth choice. And a little bit of an admission. This is hard. <laughs> this week has been so hard. 
There are so many amazing books. I honestly wish this week I could have picked like 8 or 10. I would have happily filled it up with all the choices available. However, I simply do not have that power. It has not been granted to me. No, it's just part of the way things work, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Five a week keeps me honest, keeps me humble, and keeps the, uh, the challenge part of this always front and present. My fourth choice is Justice League number 51. I know I've had a lot of Justice League on here, but really, they've been doing some stuff. It's, it's kind of amazing to enjoy. I'm such a big fan. I have a lot of fun reading these. And we get a debut story arc from Jeff Loveness, offering up the writing with pencils by Robson Roca, Daniel Enriquez on the inks, Romulo Fajardo Jr. on the colors, and Tom Napolitano providing the letters. Mano, Mano Man. In Black Mercy has been in comics continuity. It's appeared in things like the Justice League animated series. Its presence is well known, and it's actually been employed to great effect on numerous occasions. This time around is no slouch, because what we get... (laughs) What we get is... Loveness giving us an opportunity to consider that horrible thing when writers let their imaginations run, which is what happened at the end of one story? Where did it go? And what is it currently like? In almost every scary, thriller, horrifying adventure or nightmare. There's always the possibility that evil is never destroyed. It is simply defeated, only to eventually return. The dark always necessary to balance the light. So where would the Black Mercy be found next in our story? How about on a place all to its own? A planet in deep space that somehow is able to draw our heroes to its surface. In doing so, reveal to them that it has become the entire planet and that it has a plan, a way to sustain itself. One that the heroes will play a huge part in. This is a horror story. This is one of those stories that as you flip through it, you realize just how outmatched and overwhelmed the Justice League is before they even have a chance to draw their weapons, respond in any way that could mean possible survival. What they're left with is the great nightmare of what now can only be called a baby Black Mercy that was first exposed to Superman and had made its mark by offering a different life, a different world, a better future. Now, instead of a baby, an entire planet, a a gigantic ecosphere created and sustained by the Black Mercy. It's, It's a really great horror story that is a wonderful, just a really great addition to the Justice League series. I mean, 
I have loved some of the amazing arcs we've had. And sometimes I've been really saddened to see great writing in our teams disappear. But the one thing or disappear, leave the book. It's not like they just, you know, thin air. But then to have a new team come into place and do something new, something wonderful, and in the process remind me that, man, DC's got a great collection of artists and writers. And when they do storytelling like we know they can, the gift is great stuff like this. Justice League number 51, everyone. I am going to, yeah, happily say five out of five. A great selection, one that I was really thrilled to read and I'm excited to share with you. Which brings us to my fifth and final choice. I really enjoy what I've seen in Harley Quinn and number 75 is its final issue. A Happy Birthday Harley Quinn written by Sam Humphreys with art by Sam Basri, Nicola Scott, Emmanuel Puccino, and Ray McCarthy, Raymond Villalobos, Ngozi Ukazu, and Joe Quinones. Colors by Hi-Fi, Annette Kwok, and Tamara Bonvillain. Dave Sharp on letters, with an original cover by Guillaume March and Arif Priano, and a variant cover by Frank Cho and Sabine Rich. The, the original cover has all the flair, <laughs> Batman doing a chorus line uh, sort of hand and arm gesture, followed by Catwoman and Ivy, and even a couple of other figures in the background. But the variant is this great statue of death with fate and life and death on the sides, and Harley with a bat behind her back facing off with punchline with a knife, and in between them, a classic Joker right out of the playing cards. Um, we arrive with Harley tied up and forced to watch her own roast and deal with the fact that this is happening despite her desire to not have a birthday party. Everyone makes an appearance from the Trinity, who feature Harley in a super Harley, very super friends-like story but it doesn't end very well for harley and as we continue through the rest of this narrative we continue to see harley appearing in different places and with different characters from her past from amanda to babs to the suicide squad and in each one it's not what she's looking for it's not what she wants to hear and she discovers that all of these stories are being told not by strangers or friends but by versions of harley something that forces her to challenge who she is question what she wants and accept the fact that she can make a choice about how to deal with all this one in which she can decide that she isn't going to force herself to live this way but she is going to do something about her feelings and that her choice can help define her personality, her character, and the way she deals with things for future stories to come, and what I think will be the eventual maturation of one Miss Harley Quinn. This was a really great story to wrap up the series. 
I have been immensely impressed with Harley. I can be completely honest that I was not the biggest fan of some of her appearances early on. I didn't really enjoy. I, I simply didn't understand. And as I've come to discover just what it's like to see the world through Harley's eyes, understand what she's gone through and what she's trying to make of herself, well, it's, uh, it's been a great journey and one I'm really happy to share. Bonus, this one has a second story at the end. After the laughter, it's called. Quite the impressive sort of viewpoint on Harley's state of mind. Riley Rosmo providing some really cool art in combination with Dan Humphreys on the writing, Ivan Placencia on the colors, Dave Sharp on the letters, Riley Rosmo, who carved a place in my heart with the Martian Manhunter series, really shows us a fun take on Harley Quinn and reveals to us just what's going on in the present, especially with a tie-in to all those things going on in Joker War, especially because she's got a punchline trying to replace her or eradicate her or simply remove what she was trying to do and do something bigger, badder, and worse. What's Harley going to do? You're going to have to read to find out. Here's what I can say. That's a great way to wrap up this edition of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. I got the squeaky chair with me. It's been a lot of fun. Episode number 69 here with you. And I'm happy to hang out with you next time around for episode number 70. Before we go, a couple of great reminders. First things first. If you want to make sure you catch episode number 70 and every episode after, please double check that you've subscribed to the DC Comics News Podcast Network. All you have to do is find the subscribe button on whatever the platform you're is. When you do, you'll make sure that you never miss a future episode. That's everything from the Spinner Rack to the weekly DCM podcast covering all of our news and features. Uh, you've got Mad Love, a Harley Quinn cast, an episode-by-episode breakdown of, wow, one of the wildest shows on DC Universe, hosted by the same crew from the weekly podcast, except this time they're allowed to say just about anything they want. No censors, 18 and over only. If you're not old enough to watch the show, you're not old enough to hear that podcast. But you can still catch the weekly podcast. Things like Spinner Rack, which I try to keep for all ages. And I Am the Night, the episode-by-episode breakdown of Batman the Animated Series, hosted by our very own Mr. Steve J. Ray. All you have to do is make sure that you're subscribed on your platform. And you can always tell a friend that we're on all the big ones, like Google. Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. And if you've got something you think we need to know, something we should hear, something you want to share with the whole gang here at DC News, you can do it on any of your favorite social media platforms. Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Tumblr, and more. All you need is the at symbol and DC Comics News. That's capital D, capital C, capital C-O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. When you do, you'll make sure that we have heard your message by sending it directly to our social media mailbox. 
I've been your host, Seth Singleton. If you want to find me, I'm One More Singleton on Twitter or Seth Singleton Storyteller or Storytelling with Seth in a search engine. Choose whichever one is your path to find me. Let me know that you found me and anything you'd like to share. Love to hear your thoughts and talk more about these and other great comics from DC Comics on the spinner rack and in the world at large. It's been so much fun hanging out with you this time, just like every time. Stay safe out there. Can't wait to catch up with you next time for episode number 70. Until then, as always, read more comics.